Good morning. I'm not preaching. <laughs> I'm just here to make them look good. <laughs> well, you do do that because you are so good looking. <laughs> we just appreciated your prayers as you've been praying for us, for our health. And we would just ask that you'd continue to do that. As a family, we are um, facing some things, uh, not serious things, but just things that are weighing on us. Um, they talk about the straw that breaks the camel's back, just a number of things. And we're asking for God for breakthrough in our lives. Would you agree and partner with us in prayer in these days? And we would so appreciate, so appreciate that. Well, we've got a, an announcement we want to make. Yes, we interrupt the regular service to bring you this announcement. <laughs> Starting soon, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Starting soon, not this Sunday, not next Sunday. But the following Sunday. We are going to gather in one service at 10 a.m. instead of two services uh, on Sunday morning. And, and everybody uh, broke into applause. It, and that's, that is an interesting response, and it's the response as a staff as we've worked through this. We've been finding that as a church, um, you know, worship is so important to us. And um, to have people worshiping. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there. I kind of like the more part. Two is good, but more is better. And as we mix our faith, there just really is an atmosphere in worship. And I think those that are new uh, can experience that. And because of COVID and just stuff that's going on, we understand um, that uh, not everyone has come back. And maybe not everybody will come back, but we've got to move forward as a church. And so we feel that the, the most, you know, the best way we can do that is to rebuild by all gathering and Dream Team, I told you the wrong time this morning. It's 10 a.m. Uh, in two weeks' time. So not today, not next Sunday. Two weeks from today. Is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> and we'll do the live stream, um, right? Everything will be. You've been out of the saddle for too long. I know. <laughs> It'll be awesome. It's going to be awesome because we're going to pack our auditorium and we're all going to be together even if it's just for a short time just a couple of weeks we're all going to be together and um i think it's going to be epic because it it's be. just going to be people that we haven't seen so don't take it as a negative it's a positive it really is a positive it is really a positive announcement and and we're going to all come together and it might be for two weeks or four weeks or six weeks but during those times we're really going to be able to connect as a body again because those connections somewhere through the last two plus years some have been lost so I think we're excited we are we really are to really see everybody and see the whole body of harvest together you it? did a great job okay. thank you Christina was talking about the temporary peace. That's only if we come back into numbers uh, that make having everybody in the room a little impossible. Um, we are gambling with, uh, no, don't, we're not to gamble, but we're gambling with the restrictions being lifted. We know that's going to happen fairly soon. We're at 50% capacity. Even with 50% capacity, we can seat in this room over 300, which allows us, even with present restrictions, to have 150 people. Uh, which uh, right now, that's about what's happening in our two services. So we're going to continue doing that, knowing that uh, those restrictions will be lifted sooner than later. Um, I hope I'm prophesying. And then uh, we'll just continue. So even though, you know, she says it could be a short time, our plan is to do it in a, uh, in a longer period of time to build strong. Um, and God's brought new leaders. God's brought people who want to serve 
and there's a lot happening right now, and we just want to sharpen the edge of this sword called harvest. We think this will be the best way to do it. Hey, I want to really uh, say how much I appreciate you guys worshiping so all-hearted this morning. I knew a, um, an elderly uh, pastor years ago. He's now gone to be with the Lord, and he would lift dumbbells um, every morning, and he would kind of lift them like this, up and down, and I kind of, you know, we were asking why, that's kind of a weird exercise. He said, I never want to get to a point that my body won't let me raise my hands in worship. So he said, until I'm an old man, I want to lift my hands. He said, that's why I work out with the dumb, isn't that awesome? <laughs> I felt like you guys were doing a little bit of that uh, this morning. We prayed for somebody today, um, so we get prayer requests, and, and, and um, Frank was praying for those uh, this morning. I got a word, just word of knowledge dropped in my heart that someone had eye pain, and it could be in the right eye. Is anybody here today that's experiencing pain in the, you, you are, Anita? Anybody else uh, experiencing that? Online, just uh, kind of put it in. Um, I just, uh, I just, we'll just pray for that right now. Lord, we just pray for healing in Anita's eye, this pain to go. You reveal it so you can heal it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You know, we, um, I know we're in, I haven't talked about COVID. You'll notice that people will say, you never talk about COVID. No, we talk about it enough during the week. I don't want to talk about it on Sunday. This is the house of God. This is our safe, this is our safe zone. This is our safe place. Um, but I did get a word on Wednesday. If you weren't, didn't have an opportunity to be here on Wednesday, it was sweet. The Holy Spirit was here in a very pronounced way. And uh, the prophetic gifts were flowing. We had some prophetic teams that were ministering over people. It was just so wonderful. But I really felt like the Lord dropped a word into my heart while we were worshiping about his, I just felt like I was, I was thinking about all of the guck of these two years. And, and, and the Lord began to show me the picture of spring. And I know we're approaching that. But he, he said, son, I'm going to send a spiritual deluge of rain, and it's going to wash. It's going to wash at harvest. You won't even see the evidence of these two years. I will wash it. It will go down the drain, and the water that the deluge of the water that's washing will become an irrigation water, and you're going to see growth like you've never seen it before. I share that with you because I feel like the Lord put that into my heart, and I just want to give that to you as we stand together in these days. Okay, I'm starting a new series today, uh, and you saw the verse. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. You will find rest for your souls. And Jeremiah was prophesying this on behalf of God to the people, and then he said, but you said, we'll not walk in that path. We're going to say yes to, at harvest to walk in this path. Um, I'm going to pray in just a moment. What I'd like to do is today I want to talk about the pathway of honor. Next week I want to talk about the generational pathway. The week after that I want to talk about the pathway of grace as opposed to the pathway of judgment. And uh, there may be a few more pathways that we'll add as we go, but those are the ones that are in my heart right now to share that I'm working on and studying uh, to give to you. Father, we just pray right now that you would continue to bless us in this room. Lord, you're doing amazing things. We trust you with our futures today. Lord, as we consider walking on the ancient paths today in Jesus' name, and everyone said? Well, I want to take this verse apart and set up the series, and then this will be our verse for the series, and then I'll specifically talk about the different pathways that I think are the ancient paths that we're going to walk on, or that we should be walking on. And today... As never before, there are so many options as opposed to how should I live my life? 
How, what pathway should I walk on? What is God's will? You know, what does he want for my life? How are we supposed to move forward? There are so many options, it seems, so many opinions, that there's a plethora of those, and it's very, very similar to the time in the Bible that uh, in Judges chapter 21, in those days, Israel had no king. So there wasn't a voice that was overriding the societal voice. And it said it had no king, and the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And I think that is really a synopsis of the day that we live in, that there is no right and wrong, because whatever's right for me is right for me. And whatever is right for you is right for you, so they say, until your rights don't line up. And, and uh, there's just this thing in social media that just goes crazy. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. And so we're not doing judgment for a few weeks, but don't judge me yet. Um, and uh, hang on, I want to... I do want to step on some toes this morning in a good way. Uh, and maybe I won't. Maybe I won't step on anybody's toes and we'll just kind of say yes, yes, yes. But it might, it might come as a bit of a challenge uh, as we look at the ancient pathways. Because there is a right way. Say the right way. There is a right way to live our lives and walk this uh, walk as a Christ follower and there really isn't the option of, well, this is right for me, and this is how I'm going to interpret the Bible, and we're going to talk in a few weeks about the pathway of the Scriptures, and why do we, why, why do we say the Bible is the Word of God? Why, why, why do we say that we have to live by what it says? Is, is it really that important? And we're going to, we're going to consider those, uh, those uh, ideas and thoughts and have some conversations about that. And so, the same as it was in the day of Judges, there's all of the, Jeremiah says, there's all these ways we can go, all these different ways, which one, which pathway should we take, which is the right pathway? And it begins by saying, uh, when we're presented with all these different ways, stand at the crossroads. Say stand. That word means stand still, <laughs> delay, wait, stop walking. Don't just charge into something, but stop and ask the Lord, which way should I go? How should I live my life in these days? How should I live my life under these circumstances? How should I walk forward? Before the day of GPS, um, you know, now we have, I mean, our phones and some cars have built in, and it's pretty hard to get lost. It's just pretty hard to get lost. And Christina has this amazing sense of direction. If she goes somewhere once, she can get there again. And I mean 10, 12 years later. Um, and I don't know if she, if she, we think she has a photographic memory as we start talking now about how she remembers. And uh, she'll remember a series of numbers. She'll shut her eyes and just, she'll blah, 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 and rhyme them out. And it's really cool. And so I don't know if it's landmarks that she remembers if she's been there. She's got this incredible sense of direction. Me, not so much. And so... Famous last words, maybe you've done this, and uh, you're driving, and she'll say, I don't think this is the way. And I go, well, let's just go down this way and see where it goes. <laughs> she tells a story of when she was a little girl. They used to go on March breaks, uh, four siblings, mom and dad. They would pack up their vehicle. Was it a station wagon? No, just a, just a four-door four sedan, right? 
and they would uh, put pop shop uh, crates from the pop shop. Remember the pop shop? And put crates down on the floor between, in the back seat. To make, he would, her dad would put a piece of, it was so unsafe, put a piece of plywood down, and they would pack, and they looked like the Griswolds. That's what they said. I didn't say that. I never saw the car. But they said, we looked like the Griswolds heading to Florida, and they would camp in Florida during March break. And so her dad, uh, there was construction on the main highway, on the interstate, heading down uh, just before at New York City. And you, you're supposed to go around the city, not through it. But he decided they would go through the city. And let's just try this. And the kids, every holiday that you that they get together, they talk about the Griswold vacation when the kids were shaking and crying in the back seat because they were going through the Bronx in New York City. And I mean, it was ghetto. And they were scared. And their Griswold car were moving down through there. And all of the, all the gangsters were looking at them as they were driving by. And, and it was, it's quite an ordeal, right? I mean, they, they kind of marred kind of marred you, but there's special prayer on Wednesday. By the way, Wednesday, this Wednesday, um, I'm going to, we're going to have incredible time in worship again. And I'm going to talk to you about wielding the sword, uh, wielding the sword. And uh, we're going to pray for each other. Uh, and uh, I believe God's going to cut some things off of people's lives, and there's going to be freedom in this room. It's going to be wonderful. And you're going to do the prayer. You're going to do the prayer and wield the sword of the Spirit. We're talking about the ancient pathways. And you know how there's a confidence when you find the right path and you know you're on the right path. There's a confidence you can travel with confidence as, a, as, a, as opposed to, I wonder if this is the right way. How do we begin? Looking for these ancient paths, uh, we begin by standing still and asking. Second, they are the ancient paths. Say ancient. It's important that we understand this word because when I hear that word, I hear a voice in my head of somebody older than me, my parent or a grandparent. My grandparents lived uh, just until uh, five or six years ago. Maybe it was a little more than that, but uh, they almost were 100 and so uh, having people, I've lived always with people older uh, than myself, and uh, I grew up in a church that was multi-generational. And so uh, in my head, ancient past, I hear, yeah, well, we didn't live this way back in the day when I was growing up. It's craziness. Craziness what's going on in this world. We should just get back to the basics. We need to get back to what was right. Anybody else afraid of that voice? Because old paths aren't necessarily the good paths. Some of them that were on the old paths really messed it up. <laughs> and so, you know, we realized, no, nah, that's not a good path. And, and there are certain ways that people did things. And I just make that point because, um, and even in, in, in church circles, I realized there were some things I wasn't allowed to drive my snowmobile on Sunday because I would go to hell because that was worldly. That was the Lord's day. You didn't drive your snowmobile on Sunday. I sinned a lot when people weren't looking, and I drove it anyway. But um, I'd go to church Sunday night. My parents, not so much, but it was the people at our church, and they would smell two-stroke on my clothes and know that, uh, yeah, they knew that I was out there. Um, like that's, a path, that's not a pathway that we would endorse because we realize, and that would maybe be an old idea or an old pathway. Ancient pathways aren't old. This word means from eternity. A pathway that comes from the heart of God, from eternity. Before there was a world, it was this way, the way of God. Say the way of God. 
The way of God, the pathway, the ancient pathways are from eternity. They are established. Society can't change it. Uh, um, Culture cannot change what's right or wrong. It doesn't really matter if culture says that's an old thought, perhaps. It doesn't matter if it's the ancient pathway that's from eternity that's in the heart of God. Hebrews teaches us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, by the way, hi, online. I forgot you were there. I'm so sorry. Just saw our cameraman scooting there. and Online, I love you so much. I'm so glad you're with us uh, today. So I'm talking about the eternal, timeless pathways that are revealed in the Word of God. Trust in the Lord. This is the best memory verse. If you've not memorized this one this week, put this to memory. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take, the ancient path, all right? So what I'd like to do uh, this morning as we talk about this, just a little bit more to set this verse out. We have another verse in Proverbs twenty-two twenty-eight: Do not move the ancient, the ancient boundary stone from eternity, barriers, uh, boundaries, Markers, these are the landmarks. These are the things that as you're driving along in life, you know you're on course, set up by your ancestors. People might say, especially if you're new to the things of God, how do I know? You're telling me that this is the right path, but how do I know? Well, one of the ways, that yes, we have to have faith in God's, God's word and the pathway that he sets out. But there are many generations that have gone before us. Next week, I'm gonna talk about the, path, the generational pathways. It's so awesome. And there are people that have gone before us. The Bible calls it the great cloud of witnesses that cheer us on in this journey here on this earth, that have already gone to heaven. And they set some things. And we have people here in our church that have already journeyed down the road farther than you've journeyed already. And they've set up where they've said, God is faithful. And they have in their life boundary stones where they've gone, this is a good path. I've walked this path. And they're willing, We're in, as we start group up again, that they're willing to share that with you, the proven, the generations that have proven the landmarks. When I was working in construction, I worked for a German man that was an immigrant, and so his German accent was fairly heavy. And uh, I was on a work crew, and we would have to sometimes go out into the country, and he'd give directions. Sure, Roy, you're going to go down the road. It's not the best German accent, but it's the way I remember it. It's how it's in my head. So, yeah, you'll see the tree with a cow. Not the tree without the cow, it's with a cow. And he would go on with the craziest directions. You, you, my head would be spinning. We didn't have GPS. You're just hoping to get there. And then, sure enough, there's a tree with a cow. And it's the next laneway, and you go up, and they're like waiting for you. The rest of the crew was there. And I'm like, this is crazy. But he'd been that way a few times, and his landmarks were super personal. There are people here in this house that have gone before us, farther down the road, and God bless you, we're gonna be talking about the generational road in the days ahead. This is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask for the good way. That's a way of blessing. That's a way, uh, Proverbs tells us, that God blesses and adds no sorrow to it. And walk in it. You will find rest for your souls. That literally means when you walk on the right path, you will find perpetual renewal 
in your spirit and soul. Perpetual renewal. Not living on an empty gas tank, but living in grace and living in blessing and living in the strength of God. Today I want to talk, just introduce this idea. Uh, in the very little bit of time I have left, um, the, the pathway of honor. The pathway of honor. Jesus left and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's the wisdom that, he's, uh, that has been given him? What remarkable miracles he's performing. And they all pulled out their phones, and they started like, 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 woo emojis, woo explosive emojis. This is great. Jesus is on fire. Wow, this guy's awesome. And then... In an instant, it changed. Isn't this the carpenter? And Jesus did have with his father a carpentry shop. He grew up, um, and he probably took the carpentry shop over when he was about 12 years old. Isn't this Mary's son? Don't he, does he have brothers? James, Joseph, Judas, Simon. Hey, Jimmy, didn't you have a fight with Jesus' brother at high school? Hey, he's not all that. Wait a minute. We found some things out about this family. Nah, cancel. Find a meme for that. Put it up there. Jesus thinks he's all that. He's not all that. They scoffed at him. The Bible says that they took offense. They got angry. They got angry. They tried to cancel and criticize. They lowered him. He's just a carpenter, just an ordinary homeboy that lives in Nazareth. He's not all that. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, in his, home, in his own home. He said, I, didn't, I haven't experienced this anywhere else, but I've experienced it here, being without honor. And in the Greek, that's a word. I want you just, I won't put it up, but we'll just talk about the definition. Without honor, to dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. And we live in a time where social media is stripping people of their dignity, stripping them of their dignity. They stripped Jesus down as they begin these words, offense and scoffing. I mean, it is just, it is, it is awful verbiage that they began to tear Jesus down. And we live in a day where this is so common that when I don't agree with somebody, it's not their belief system that I might make a comment about, but I go after the person and I start ripping and tearing down people. We, without honor, them. What happens when you begin, you actually, you begin taking away from that person. You begin lowering them. And if you've been the recipient of that, you know what that you know what that feels like. We're dealing in a time that I hear almost on a daily basis, whether here at Harvest or in the community, of families being split apart because they can't agree on the issues of the day. And it's gone from disagreement now as time has gone on. It's gone from disagreement to families. I heard about a grandmother recently that absolutely adored adored her grandchildren, but she's taken a hard road uh, uh, opinion on some, some of the, uh, well, I would say controversial because there are differences of opinion out there. She's taken a hard road down, and because her grandchildren um, aren't in agreement with her, she wrote them off and won't visit with them and won't talk to them. Says they're deceived, 
and now begins verbally, they're stupid, they've been, how can you not see this, gets angry, and and begins, what she doesn't realize she's doing is actually beginning to remove her own grandchildren's dignity. Honor, on the other hand, is to value, to respect, to highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. Romans tells us, honor one another, and that means everybody. That means your neighbor, that means your ex, that means people that don't agree with you. Honor everybody above yourself. And the church has been called upon to walk the path of honor. You see, but they're not honorable, and their behavior's not honorable, especially my ex. I'm not talking about you have to agree with them, that there are certain things, and, and you say, and their actions weren't honorable. No, I don't need you to honor their actions. But we need to separate actions from human beings. We need to see that God created us with dignity. We're going to look at a verse next that determines that. And you say, well, why would we do this? How we speak about another human being creates an atmosphere around them. And we're going to see it in a moment that that atmosphere is crucial for kingdom power to get underneath them and pick them up from where they are and take them to where God wants them to be. And the church is to be the instrument to do that. Okay. No, don't clap yet because it's going to get worse. All right, here we go. (laughs) We don't want to tear down. We want to lift up. Number one, on the path of honor, we are to honor what God honors. The path of honor, we're to honor what God honors. This wonderful verse from Romans 8, verse 30. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified, and those he justified, he glorified. Real quick, and I don't have time, but if you've been raised, and you, so you, that verse, and you go, oh, that's predestination. There is a teaching uh, that's from some Reformed theology that says that God chooses people for hell and people for heaven. That God chooses people to go to hell, God chooses people to go to heaven. And I reject that teaching wholeheartedly because whosoever may call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it also says in the New Testament that God is not slow, as some believe that slowness is, but he is waiting that all should come to repentance. So God did not choose people for hell. So we reject that teaching completely. But well, then what does this verse mean? Oh, it's really fun. It's a really awesome verse. Those he predestined. And we talk about this at, at harvest. You have a destiny. God knows that you're better than you are sitting in this room right now. And another day, if you've been serving the Lord, you know you're better today than you were when he found you. And he's taking you from a place. And that's because he saw it before he created us, as, 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 as Frank was telling us this morning, before God, even we were born in the womb, before that happened, he saw you. He named you. He know who you were. And he knows you're better than you are today. And the word of the Lord comes to lift you up out of the miry pit. He comes to take you as an old hymn that I sang as a kid out of the miry clay and pop you out of the suction of this world and place you on the rock and say, I've created you to be better than this. You have a destiny. Today, if you're facing an addiction, God wants to break that addiction. He wants to take you out of that and bring you into a great place. Why? Because he's called you. And those that he calls because of what Jesus did on the cross, he has justified just as if you never did it. He's not holding you to account of of a lifestyle because he's broken that off because of forgiveness. And we come to him and we say, God, will you forgive me? And he says, yes, I've been waiting for you to come. I'll give someone an opportunity today to receive Jesus and his forgiveness. Those he justified 
he glorified. I'm going to go a little bit late. You're going to leave the parking lot really fast so that the next group can come in. And we actually do have some overlap, so I'm definitely stealing time. Relax, get in. I'm going to finish this word this morning. <laughs> Thank you. It's just because I've been gone a couple of weeks. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. At Harvest, we say that we want you to know God. We want you to find freedom from the things that have held us in a place, and we've all done dishonorable things. That's just the truth of it. God has a destiny for us, and he wants us to find freedom from that. And then we talk about discovering your destiny and then making a difference with your life. God has a destiny not based on what you've done or where you are right now today, but he sees you in your destiny, but he also sees you in your depravity, and both are true. There's just a timeline between them. And God in his word and through his church is to speak over people on their depravity and to lift them up into their destiny. And at Harvest, we need to build, I believe we've built it, but we need to sustain as never before and strengthen a culture of honor that speaks properly about people, speaks properly about the authorities over us in this land, our next scripture that we need that we need to uh, look at. Tell you a quick story. I posted a picture this week when I was a youth pastor circa 1989. Uh, the town is Brockville, if you were curious. And uh, there was a young man that used to come. His parents were in leadership in the church. He was struggling. He would sit in the back row every week. He was disinterested. He would cross his arms, and he wouldn't give me eye contact. I would try to talk to him. I'd get a grunt out of him if I was lucky. And uh, it just really bothered me. I thought, man, I came to preach. I came to have a great youth service. And this kid is, this kid is not grateful for everything I'm doing. I, 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 just, I just had a real attitude. And uh, we'll talk about judgment down uh, in a couple weeks. I judged him, no question. And I talked to some of the kids in the youth group. I said, what's his story? Ah, he's a druggie. Yeah, he goes to the parties. You know, he's, he's a stoner. He's smoking up all the time and gets drunk at the parties and blah, 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 blah. And so I thought, oh, okay. Um, that's, the, that's the case. <laughs> if that's the case. <laughs> um, and I began to, even in how I spoke about him, to my team and around the church, I began to speak about him as the stoner, the kid who gets drunk at the parties, and he should know better because he grew up in church. And that verbiage flew. I, I'm very embarrassed about that. He came to a point where uh, it just got really difficult. His parents asked me if I would meet with him, and he sat down, and I said, dude, you know, listen, um, your parents are asking you to be here. You don't, you don't have to say anything to me if you don't want to. We can get all done, and you can just say, you met with me, and then you can check your box. And he said, um, no, I'm here. What do you want to know? And I know I just want to kind of know your story. He said, well, he said, I don't have any friends. And I don't have any friends at church, that's for sure. And so I started finding some friends at school and hanging out with them. And they were partiers, and they were stoners, and, but they're the only ones that were treating me nice. And so I started hanging out with them. And the next thing I know, all the guys in the youth group are saying that I'm doing those things. I just figured everybody thought I was doing it. I'd just do it. And he stood up, and that was his story. And he walked out. And I made a decision that day because I had participated in dishonoring that young man and speaking about him in a way that pulled him down from his destiny instead of pushing him up to his destiny. 
And I made a decision that day that I would talk to young people and talk to people differently than that. And I would speak to their destiny. And it was about that time that God began just to stir in me the prophetic gift that he's given me, that I've had the privilege of prophesying over people and ministering to people in the prophetic, which is one of the most powerful ways of calling people up into their destinies. And, and often people don't know about themselves what God sees. And to be able to, to speak words of life and the thoughts of God to somebody who's in depravity, but God's calling to destiny. Both are true. Both are true. Number two, the path of honor stops foolishness. All right, this is the hard one. Here we go. Follow the lead of every human authority. Let's see, it's 1 Peter 2, 13, 17. Okay, it's Bible. Follow the lead of every human authority. Then there's a period. what if they're not honorable? What if, and even if I don't agree with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, I'm going to honor him by his title. And I'm sick and tired of yahoos. I'm not talking about their beliefs or what they, but just people who can't say Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. He's in the position during a pandemic. I don't, I don't agree with everything he's doing. It doesn't matter if I agree with everything he's doing. He's placed over us to the best of my ability. I can follow his lead, and I can pray for him, and I will speak honorably, not dishonorably. And you're going to see in a minute why, why that's important. Do it because the Lord wants you to. Another period. (laughs) Obey the king. By the way, this was Nero, and he was burning Christians for sport. Obviously, the church didn't agree with that. That position was an awful position. But I want to show you what a culture and a pathway of honor will do. He is the highest authority. Obey the governors, so the people under. Because the king sends them to punish those who do wrong, and he sends them to praise those who do right. By doing good, by walking the right path, the good path, you will stop the talk of the foolish people. And I would so love to talk about that, but I just can't. They don't know what they're saying. Have you noticed? Regardless of what side anybody's on, how foolish the rhetoric seems because it's so attacking and so tearing that we're not even talking about the issues or having conversations anymore. We're just, just anger spewing out, offense spewing out. By doing good, you will stop the talk of foolish people. They don't know what they're saying. God wants you to stop them. To arms, to arms, to arms. No. This is how we stop them. Live like free people. We're in a democratic society. We can use our freedoms and live live like, live that way. Some of you um, that will know uh, Pastor Emilio Alonso from Cuba, when I met him, he had about 90, 90 churches that he oversaw in Cuba, and today it's somewhere around 900. And one of the times I was visiting him, I said, Pastor Emilio, the communist government, I don't understand. What is the church doing to push back the regime of communism? And he looked at me like I had five heads. He said, we do not worry about the government. We pray for the government. Oh, it gets better. Listen, he said, we build the kingdom 
and the kingdom is stronger than government. And when we build the kingdom, we have favor and God opens doors. And that's why we grew from 90 churches to 900 in a communist country. He said, they, don't, they, can't, they can't hinder us. They can't stop what God is doing. Okay, I gotta be careful. But don't use your freedom to cover up evil. Well, what's the evil? Live like people who serve God. Show res- proper respect to everyone. Love the community of believers and have respect for God and honor the king. That guy that's really not very honorable, he's doing really unhonorable things. Why? Because they have a destiny in God that when we begin to speak respectfully and honorably, it creates an atmosphere. Watch this, and we're going to end with this if the team wants to come. I hope they want to come. They're already, they're already here. The path of honor benefits me more than does the person I'm honoring. I appreciate many people you know, honoring me by calling me your pastor, and I've always said, I don't want the title just because I am one, but if you feel like that Christine and I and our lives help shepherd you, then I love it when you say, Pastor Roy, because you're saying, I, I receive what God has for me through you, and you honor me. And I, but I understand, I don't need that honor. Some people, I just, you need to be honored. No, I, I, I don't need to be honored. Nothing changes really in me. But when I've tried to live my life this way, and I'm, it's not perfect, that's for sure. And I've, I've, I've said some things during this time, too, that I should have. And I'm being corrected today. I need to speak about people better and honor them, create an atmosphere of honor. Why? Because when I honor, when I choose the pathway of honor, the ancient path of honor, Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown among his relatives. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a a few sick people and heal them. People of faith in the room, we've been taught our whole lives that it was the lack of faith that kept Jesus from being able to heal, which the next verse and in the other Gospels does say Jesus was shocked by their unbelief. And we've been taught that it was the lack of faith that stopped up the healing. I suggest to you that we've not been reading the scripture in its totality. Jesus said, because they didn't create an atmosphere of healing and tore me down, they actually minimized the power of God, tore down the power of God, and and Jesus is saying, this is a principle. This is an ancient path, and honor is very, very, very powerful, and you can't bypass it. And so in their hometown, they just, and the dishonor and the tearing down, and they actually weakened the power of the Son of Man. Think about a church that chooses to create an atmosphere of honor and begins calling each other up. Oh, hey, I know that God has a call in your life. This week's been tough. Brother, the next, you know, friend or whoever, next week's going to be better because God has put a strength in you. I know it's hard right now, but it's going to get better. God is going to, but I'm doing some dishonorable things. That's all right. I'm speaking a different word over your life. I'm not speaking to where you are. I'm going to speak to where you're going. I'm going to be a part of the voice of God in your life. And we create an atmosphere of honor in the house of God. 
what happens? Healing begins to flow. Kingdom power begins to take place. I can't, I wish I had more, more time. I plant that seed, reread the scripture. The lack of faith was because there was a lack of honor because they didn't know how to call up. They only knew how to tear down. Pastor Roy, can you end on a little bit more positive note before we go today? All right. We're going to take the pathway of honor. Next week, I'm going to talk about the generational pathway. You do not want to miss next week. We are in appropriate harvest style, going to honor a very special couple. They're actually in the room today. not going to tell you who they are. But their contribution to this house is unbelievable. Believable and cannot be, it cannot be logged in a logbook, but heaven's books contain it. Harvest would not be here as it is today without the contribution of this couple. We have felt that it is an appropriate time as I talk about the pathway of the generations, a generational pathway next week. I'll reveal to you who they are, and I'm going to tell you how we're going to add honor to them. And one of the ways is financially, you can add honor to people, you can increase their value literally. I know people are, don't have a monetary value, but that's actually a very practical way in the scriptures to honor people and lift them up. And I can't wait to share that with you on purpose. I'm teasing you today. Who could it be? Who could it be? Who could it be? You'll find out next week. You want to come and be a part of that. Just before we dismiss our service, I want to ask the question that I ask in every, every time that we gather. Is there someone here today that you don't know Jesus and you didn't know that he loves you just the way you are? Today when I talked about destiny, you thought there's no way. It won't, my life can't get better than it is. I've tried. It just won't get better than it is right now. And I'm telling you today that God's calling you into a place of wanting to pour his love and his forgiveness and tell you about the destiny that he has for your life. And if you're here, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I would love to pray with you today. A prayer of invitation that you would invite him in. And he says yes every time. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door of our heart. and He's knocking, going, can I come in? Can I come in? He's provided for every single person in the world this, this, this gift of salvation, eternal life, living with him in heaven forever and forever, not being separated from him for eternity, but living with him. And it begins today. You've got to open the door. I wonder if there's someone here today, you're actually sensing Jesus knocking on the door of your life right now. You may not fully understand it, but you know something's happening. You want to say yes to it. If that's you, I'm just going to go five, four, three, two, and one. And I'd just like to see your hand today. Acknowledge it. We're going to pray for you. Ready? Five, four, three, two, and one. Are you in the room? Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. I know it takes a lot of courage to do it. Was there anyone else just before I pray? My dear sister, we're going to pray with you. Pray with us today. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you have a plan for my life, that you speak well of me, even when I don't deserve it. Today I receive it. Forgive my sin. Come into my life. Amen. We believe if you prayed that online or here in the room today, God has come into your life. He's blessed you. Let's stand today. We're going to worship just before we go today. Stop.
never stop working you never stop come on sing it one more time oh. even when i don't see it you're working for joining us today. We love you. We can't wait to see you on Wednesday and see you next Sunday as well. Have an awesome week, everybody.